Hello, everyone. And this is one of those days that you are going to wish that this just kept going. Don't end. Don't stop the magic. And don't especially stop the wisdom from coming through. And what if you thought you were on this trajectory of like success, like things are going really well. And then all of a sudden, what you thought to be true was not. Well, today I have Angie Wisdom. Are you getting the little thing I said there? The whole wisdom <laughs> thing. I've got Angie Wisdom here, and she is a master certified coach, the author of The Non Negotiable You. And she's the creator of the Morning Mindset Journal. And we're going to be talking about how to actually leverage those as well. And it's called Start With You. She's a speaker and co-owner of a global alternative investment firm. So we're talking about those people that seem to be able to juggle it all. Don't you always want to know, like, how do they do it? What is their routine? Well, everyone, this is your day. This is the lucky day for Angie Wisdom to bring that wisdom to you. You're listening to The Relaunch Podcast, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, best-selling author, speaker, and transformational coach widely recognized in the worlds of neuropsychology and business launches, which cultivated the one and only 3HQ method, helping midlife women, yep, that's me too, rebuild a life of purpose, possibility, and inspiring business ventures. Each week, We'll be diving into the stories that brought upon the most inspirational relaunches while sharing the methods and the secrets that they learned along the way so that you too can have not just an ordinary relaunch, but an extraordinary relaunch. Angie, thank you so much for being here. This is going to be such a fun, lively, very wisdom-focused episode. Thank you for having me, Hillary. I'm super excited. And we put a lot of emphasis on that wisdom. I better deliver today. <laughs> what a great name. I mean, I would Thank like, you. I'd like to be Hillary Love. Yeah. <laughs> Forget Just about the Caesar. Yeah. I'm changing my name. <laughs> I love it. So good. Okay. So I do want I found that your profile and your bio is just so fascinating, mm. especially to me, because I, I think that there's a lot of similarities here of what we've been through. And mm -hmm. I'd love for you to share what, what has gone through your world that allowed you to successfully relaunch after you're sharing this journey, like how did you be, how were you able to actually take that next step after the relaunch? So first share the relaunch and then let us know what came next. Yeah. You know, the relaunch, it, it's hard to even choose what relaunch to kind of, to work from here. Isn't, but and as we get older, it, isn't that the case? <laughs> Which yes, one you're like, I oh, share? this relaunch, this one, what's most, you know, what's the best one. And, and I think the relaunch I want to bring to you today is kind of the pivot in my career. I started out in the financial industry back in 1997 at Morgan Stanley Dean Witter, and I was a financial advisor and I liked helping people. I thought I was going to be a nurse before that, and then found that I would help them with money. 
And, you know, one day there's I found myself- There's too many. Now, there's, a, there's an interesting transition right yeah. there. <laughs> we'll, we'll touch yes. on that later. Yeah. So, you know, but I was still in that space of like, well, at least I'm helping people, but it's in a different, in a different way. And I was really good at it, but it wasn't super passionate for me. Um, I found myself one day literally like crossing days off of my calendar, like I was serving some kind of prison sentence. And mm-hmm. it just finally dawned on me. I was like, what? why am I so excited to like cross a day off a calendar? Like, thank goodness I made it through it and I survived it. And it just kind of, I had this aha moment where I was like, what am I doing? You know, I I shouldn't just be waiting for the next great thing to happen. Like something obviously was off for me. And that really had me pivoting from being that financial advisor and, you know, serving clients to help them invest money to really what I found I was super passionate about, which was helping people develop their business and professionally themselves. So I really started heading into management and working with other financial advisors and brokers on helping them build their business and those relationships. And I found a real passion for that. Um, I was still kind of performing at this place, though, where I know you can relate to this, where it was all just grit, perseverance, determination, and it was like grinding away to get that success. And there was still this little lack of, you know, joy and fulfillment. And so the big relaunch was when I stepped aside um, from the investment company that I co-owned, still part of it, but really decided to take my coaching full-time and do what was so on my heart to impact and change people's life on a daily basis. So it's so interesting that many of us have that something's off moment. Mm-hmm. We're like, hmm is this really what I should be doing? Am I really fired up about this? Am I really passionate about this? Or am I just collecting the paycheck? And you really had an Mm -hmm. opportunity because you were doing really well. How did, how did you really go about dealing with that? That something's off, but yeah, I'm making some good money. Yeah. You know, I think the first thing that I really had to reconcile was the fact that you have to put aside this guilt of not being grateful for what you have. Because I had a great husband, um, you know, marriage, we had already were financially on our way, like building a, a good kind of portfolio for ourselves. And I was young. So it was like all these things that kept telling me, you know, you should be grateful. There's nothing to be unhappy about. And so you have to kind of let go of that guilt and realize that you could be grateful and still be missing something. And that was like that first shift for me. Okay. I can be grateful for what I have, but it's okay that I'm still feeling like something is off and I'm missing something. And that's really what gave me the space and the grace to start exploring. And, you know, I started doing personal development and I led with my values was really the first thing I had to go back to the drawing board and go, what truly fills my cup? What puts a smile on my face? What warms my heart, gives me butterflies in my belly? Like I had to get back to those pieces in order to find what was really going to bring me joy. Well, what you said, the, Mm -hmm. you know what you're having, you're grateful for what you have. Because let me tell you, I I feel, (laughs) I feel another connection to you because same situation where I'm like, I, from the outside, it looks really, really, really good. Yeah. And from the inside, I'm like, there's just something missing, but I was almost, I was almost, 
embarrassed by my thoughts. I was like, what are you doing, Hillary? Like you're, you're going to ruin a really good thing. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I didn't, at that point, I didn't know enough to look at, okay, but here's what I'm really grateful for. I could see it from the surface. I could say, okay, well, you know, it is, and I would go back and it was like, you know, the, the angel and the devil, you know, working in your mm -hmm. mind, you're like, yes. you know, stay where you are, stick it out. You're making good money. You got the house, you got the kids, you got the husband, you all these different yeah. things. But it was, it felt like I, I, I felt like I was seeing a movie on a screen and that was mm -hmm. the life I was living. But something inside of me was like, whoa, so not like it is not what's firing me up. It is not right. resonating. So you ended up having a situation happen with an investment firm that had mm -hmm. invested. And I know that this kind of contributed to everything. Can you share that story and how that all ties into this whole idea of, of really finding what's missing and moving forward to go yeah. for? We, um, I, I worked for firms for a few years and then back in 2003, my husband and I decided to open up our own investment firm, global investment firm. So it was a big deal. It was a big jump. That was part of finding my joy was doing something bigger, not working for somebody else. So that was a big step for us. We ran a very successful firm and, you know, to give you a little bit of color and clarity on how that works is when you have an investment firm, all the trades and the processing of trades have to go through what's called a clearing firm. So the clearing firm that we worked through all of a sudden on October 31st, 2011, all funds were frozen. The CEO back then, John um, Corzine, basically moved money fraudulently from one account to another. And it caused the whole firm to go into a state of frozen funds and they were going to file bankruptcy right away. So the years that we had taken to build this, just the two of us from the ground up managing you know, millions and millions of dollars for clients and having very successful business was just poof. I mean, instantly in that moment, frozen. So we went into a place of no revenue, no client trading, no access to client funds. All of our clients, you know, are calling us. And it was it just- sounds a lot like chaos. Silicon Valley Bank right now, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm was, sure that brought I up a little PTSD where you're like, oh, I remember totally. the situation. Yeah. I, I, I go back to that morning, you know, when it was like, what, what, you know, and we're watching CNBC and it's on CNBC and we're calling and trying to kind of get these details. And it was just, I get goosebumps still talking about it because it was like, somebody just stopped your whole life, you know? And, and I know that sounds big because of course we had family and everything else, but like, it was major, major. Oh, that is I mean, that is literally, and I, I can feel for you on that one too, because we had a, not exactly like that, but a situation where my board member was doing a Ponzi scheme and it all blew mm. up and he went to federal prison. And it was just like, I think about those times. I'm like, oh, like it's just, I, you know, I had 63 investors in my company and I'm like, oh my God, like what's yeah. next? And you're frozen, right? You talk yeah. about- you know, the fear response and, and, you know, you either, you know, you, you freeze 
or you mm-hmm. fight or you flee. Yeah. And it's like at that moment, I'm a, in my past would have been, I, I, you know, get the heck out of here. Like, I just want to leave. But in right. that situation, you don't have a choice. You know, you yeah. fiduciary responsibility, like you got this thing and you're like, ah. so what, what happened? Yeah. You know, I just went into this mode of, you know, letting go of any fear and concern and just getting into, you know, what can I do? And, you know, thankfully I had the coaching and the personal development on my side to start doing that, but I had to zone in and go, you know, what are my controllables here? I could sit here and spin and pace, you know, on the floor thinking about what if, what if, what if, and how could they do this? Or I could make that list of going, what are my controllables? My controllables are talking to every single one of our clients every single day. My controllables are reaching out to attorneys and getting the information. Like I had to just focus on what I could control. And that gave me a sense of kind of peace and calm. Like I'm doing something, I'm taking action, I'm I'm making effort. And that translated to our clients where they were like, okay, someone's doing something. And a lot of the other brokerages, they didn't, you know, they just kind of threw up their arms and were like, I have no idea what to do. And I guess this is the end of it. But we literally, um, we stuck it out. And every single day we were updating and finding information and eventually little by little, as they worked through the bankruptcy proceedings, they would release a little client funds. Um, We ended up establishing a new relationship somewhere else that next day so that our clients did have a place if they wanted to start trading immediately. Because that was a controllable, right? Yes, that was a controllable. Mm -hmm. So it's just so important in that time that you don't get wrapped up thinking in all the things that you can't control because Mm -hmm. that will have you just stuck in the mud, cause anxiety and stress and overwhelm. And it was really those controllables that we took action on and that paved the way for us to find our way out. I know people are going through so many different things right now. And I really like what you said about, you know, you have to be able to look at it from the situation of what can I actually Mm -hmm. right? What can I, what is, and sometimes you have to give yourself the grace and the space to sit down get out of the environment, take a walk and just be like, okay, you know, I'm in that, that, that S sandwich, you know, (laughs) where am I going to be able to do this? (laughs) Let yourself say, all right. And I I also am a big advocate. And you said, you know, you'd been going through the coaching and maybe even had coaches because at that point, it's giving you that opportunity to say, okay, if I were coaching me, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, when you play that little mind game, we call it a relaunch flip where you're like, okay, I don't have, there's, there's, and I often, I'm sure you get this too. People are like, I have no choices. There is nothing. Yes. I have. And, and then I always often say, you know, what is the absolute worst, worst scenario that you could happen here? Mm-hmm. Let's go there. Okay, the worst. Right. Well, this could happen and that could happen and that da 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 da. People are like, oh, that's so bad. And then I say, okay, so that's the worst. But does it impact, you know, really all these different things? And we start asking mm-hmm. the questions: How is this really going to impact 
you. And as they start, you know, well, and then I say, well, what in one year would you think about this situation? Right. Cause we've now gone down the rabbit hole. It's horrible, horrible. We've now said, okay, well, what, you know, and where you're going with this, which I love is that you immediately took action. You went out, you found another within a day, you said another funding source. And so you had that moment of like, okay, things are going to change. What did you then do as you're continuing? Because you said, were you just starting the coaching? Or did you have a coach? How, how were you? Because you mentioned that. I just want to understand. Yeah. I, I was still coaching um, in, within our firm and other financial advisors externally. So I was in that role of both co-owner and kind of executive. So working with a legal department and compliance and the clearing firms and then was also coaching brokers. So I had this other element of me working and coaching the brokers to go, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You know what I mean? Here's what we're doing. And, and so that was an interesting component as well, when you're actually going through what you're trying to coach somebody on as well. And, um, yeah, a lot of lessons to relearn there, a right? Lot of, yes, yes. I'm like, I'm telling you this for you and yeah, for me. Yeah. You know, we're both uh, yeah, here exactly. right now. You're like, Angie, are you listening? Yes. Are you listening? Yes. Okay. Here's what we need to hear right now. <laughs> exactly. So it, and so from, really there, was, um, from there, did you ju- how did you end up becoming the position that you're doing now? Because you've juggled so many different yeah. things. And I think a lot of people out there are trying to figure out, you know, is this my time? Something's off. I want to make a change. Do I do it all at once? Did you kind of work your way into it? What happened? How did you, how did you manage to officially then move into what you're doing now? Part of that experience, I think, pushed me to go, I belong in that coaching role full-time. Like I persevered through something with so many tools that people could use. And I was 100% confident that you could overcome anything. And I was like, this is what I need to be sharing with people every single day. I need to be doing this full time. So it was definitely one of the catalysts that pushed me in that area. And I just, for me, I started slowly because I had already had coaching people that I was coaching outside of my investment firm. So it just kind of started to expand little by little. And then eventually I was like, the company was dialed in our investment company. And I felt like I had this space to really step away from it and not be involved on a daily basis. And that's when I said, okay, here comes Angie Wisdom Coaching and Consulting and um, put it out there. And it was instant traction. And I believe that it is because of the passion I have behind it. And when you work from a place of passion and purpose, you find your business, you find the people that want to work with you because of that. And that was what transitioned for me. And I still have a hand in that business. Um, very, very on a very small level, you know, financially and compliance wise, but day to day, I'm in that coaching seat now all day, every day. Okay. So as you are really finding that the right place, you decided to go go all in. As you say, mm-hmm. you're still an investor and you still do, you know, some things, but your daily mm-hmm. is around offering, you know, the coaching. And mm-hmm. you decided to write a book yes. and the non-negotiable you. Why did what is it all about and why mm-hmm. did you decide to write it? 
the funny thing about that is why I decided to write it is twofold. One, because I used to say I was a horrible writer and I thought the hardest thing to do would ever be to write a book. So I was like, therefore I will write a book. Um, <laughs> challenge your mindset, you know? So that was it is a really challenging, it was challenging for me to write my book. I have yes. to say you know was, how that is. Yes. Yeah. And I, I did not think I was a writer. I did not, you know, and, it, but Ooh, and I kind of was like, this could be mm-hmm. one of the biggest challenges I'm ever going to put myself through. And I, I feel like I just, um, you know, Mount Everest. Yes. It, it, that book was my Mount Everest. Yes, exactly. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm that type of person who's like, oh, you have a fear, go towards it. So that's what writing was for me. So mm-hmm. I went towards it. But underneath of that too was this need um, that I felt to be able to help people that couldn't sit here with me um, in my office, one-on-one, in a group of mine. You know, when I started my coaching, it was all one-on-one and I quickly found that I didn't have the capacity to serve everybody. So I started doing groups and then quickly found from there that even with the groups, there were still other people that maybe wouldn't ever have the opportunity to be in a group or one-on-one. So I wanted to put that information in a book Mm -hmm. so that they could all experience that as well. And the non-negotiable you is truly about this version of you that can get through all those relaunches, right? The Mm -hmm. version of you that lives life to their fullest potential, you know, that has a relationship. You're speaking my language, girl. (laughs) Yes, right? So So you know You know exactly what it takes to go through those relaunches and to live your best life. And to me, I took 25 years of sitting across the table with people. And I said, what constantly gets in the way for people? What is always tripping them up and holding them back from living their best life? And I took all of that. I reverse engineered it into my journal and then wrote a book about it so that anybody could read this and go, okay, here's the foundational pieces to being the best me who can live their best life. Okay. So it's kind of the, for you, the chicken and the egg, but the journal came first. You mm-hmm. created, you created the journal, the morning mindset journal right. and start with you. And so what, what was it about a journal that you felt you had to get out there first? I strongly believe, and again, kind of taking my knowledge from working with people for so long, I saw these things that got in the way, these obstacles. And I said, Well, I I know a few things. One, we need to proactively start our day in order to have the day that we want in order to live the way that we want. I also know that there's these other components around confidence and gratitude and mindset that if we actually proactively put them in our life, like taking supplements, they're going to rewire our brain and recreate us into a different person. So that was my passion behind it. And I would give this practice to my clients all the time. I literally had it on like a PDF and I was like, you know, print this and do this in a journal or whatever. And and so many people would be like, can you put this like in a real book for me? Cause I have like 200 pages of this lying around. So I put it in a journal and had it for my clients. And then they started gifting it to people. And then the people who are receiving it as a gift were reaching out going, can you give me some detail on this and on this? So it was like, it wasn't quite just here you go with no other information. And that's what inspired me to go, okay, well, let me write the book that ties it all together. So now people really have the full package. Oh, okay. This is so great because (laughs) as I said, my book came first and now people are like, 
how do I do this on a daily basis? And so the journal, and I said that to you, I love that you have a journal. I'm a huge journal fan. Mm -hmm. And what, and and that's where I'm going with, you know, the journal is next, the workbook, I mean, all these different things. But I want to know, what about your journal then is truly unique? Give us some mm. things that are in this journal that you're like, oh yeah, this is this is what makes it so good. You know, the beginning of it, it's, an, it's a hundred day journal and the beginning of it has you clarify your values and what you want from life goals, you know, over the next hundred days. So I love that, that you're doing a hundred days and yes. not a year. Yeah, it's, I like to break things up. A year is a long time for people to stay like in the same game and committed. So hundred days, let's talk about this for hundred days Mm -hmm. and things change. So really understanding like what my values are, how they fill me up, what I want to accomplish in this hundred day formula. And then as you set every day and you write in your journal, you're writing intentions that align with your values. So you're living that fulfilled life. You're setting intentions that align with those goals that you outlined in the Mm -hmm. beginning. And one of my favorite components about the journal is there's a daily reflection. And this is almost like a self-coaching tool because every day you ask yourself, did my values show up? You can literally like pause and think about it and go, yeah, feel great. All those values got in there. You ask yourself, did you accomplish your intentions? So you've got a little accountability partner there. And then two of my favorite questions, what got in the way? Mm. So if you didn't accomplish those intentions, what got in the way for you? Learn something so that you can adjust tomorrow instead of continue to bang your head up against the wall six months later and wonder why you haven't written that book yet. And then what did I learn? What did I learn? And, you know, you're just, you're growing you're learning, you're, you know, holding yourself accountable. You're creating this beautiful relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. And eventually that cuts out all that external noise and allows you to lead yourself. But what did I learn? I think is very impactful for people because mm-hmm. we go through life and we think that things are happening, you know, to us, right? And this this gives you the ability of of reconnecting with that situation. Mm-hmm. Restructuring it, right? And say, as soon as you say, what did I learn from that? It opens up you to not feel like it has the shackles around you. You're like, wait a second, I really did benefit from that. A lot has to do Mm -hmm. with like even those podcasts, you know? So I I used to call it in season one, the silver line relaunch. That there's always, no matter what relaunch you're going through, no matter how bad it is, there's always that all right, silver lining. And, you know, what did you learn? What did you learn? Mm -hmm. What was your takeaway? And I just said this to one of my kids. I said, Hey, here's the thing. If you don't really lean into what you learned and you don't let that, you know, whether you call it your higher self, your, you know, the universal, your spirit, it will hit you again. It's going to come around. It's like, you know, when you're dating the same guys over and over and over again, darned if you know you don't realize like hey that type of guy is not right for you you're gonna get another one right it just happens so So i love that you know that whole like lesson how do you get people to really evaluate because sometimes they're like i don't know what the lesson was how do you take them down that path for me you know i always like to tell people look it can be the littlest thing or it can be big don't overthink it 
And you will laugh when I tell you this, but sometimes what I learned is like, I'm like, I learned that a cupcake before lunch does not make me feel good and I shouldn't do it again. Like it can be something so little like that. I learned that I really would be better off, you know, ordering dinner out on Fridays because I'm exhausted, something like that. Or it could be, I learned I'm really passionate about being face-to-face with people instead of, you know, on zoom with clients. Mm. So you don't have to judge it, you know, don't look for this major or shattering, like learning opportunity, just assess yourself, be aware and go, what did, what, what came to me? What did I learn? Because it's those little things that give you the opportunity to change, to eat differently, to show up differently, to converse differently. And it doesn't Mm. have to be big. Well, we have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to go into what are the non-negotiables? Like, what do you have to make sure that you, you got to have at some point like, Hey, that I'm not crossing the line there. I'm sticking to my guns and I'm doing this. I am absolutely, this is a non-negotiable. So we're going to go into that and then you're not going to want to miss this because there's a huge part of what you teach people and it's the rewiring rewire your brain. And this is the part that I love. So don't go anywhere and we will be right back. This episode is brought to you by my very own Labor of Love, my most recent book, Relaunch. This book is a collection of my stories, other stories, and is a motivational guide to living a new 3HQ lifestyle, sparking your heart to ignite your life. It's available for purchase via Amazon. Get ready to try on the 3HQ method that I've been using for years throughout my entire life, reaching the next level in all areas, both professionally and personally. Get your copy today at www.therelaunchbook.com. Welcome back. And I am with Angie Wisdom, and she has given us a tremendous amount of the wisdom of how you can actually have a life that you are really excited about. And more importantly, right now, a lot of times we go through our days and we allow for things to show up that we're saying, hey, but wait, I don't want that to happen. So what did Angie do? She went and she wrote the non-negotiable you. And we are talking about what are the non-negotiables that people should have to really make sure that they have that lifestyle of success and make sure they're setting themselves up for something that they really are actually fired up and the life that they want to live. How do you do that? There's, you know, the book really is comprised of several non-negotiables. So maybe we should pick out a couple favorites. Um, Perfect. One of, you know, the foundational pieces that I believe and I work with clients right away on is their values. You have, it's non-negotiable that you understand what fills you up and how to put that into your life every single day. And tied to that is the responsibility, right? If you know that something brings you joy, it's your responsibility to put it in your life and not slip into this space of like, well, I don't have the time while somebody else wanted something for me where, you know, I refer to that as kind of falling into that victim mode. Oh, okay. Everyone out there has to be like nodding their head right now, Mm -hmm. right? That we sit there and, you know, first off, learn what lights you up, 
learn what mm-hmm. fires you up, learn what you need to refuel, you know, to, to bring that, you know, engine of yours, that tank to a high level. And then I love that you said that it is your responsibility to make sure that you mm-hmm. include that. Right. Yes. And it yep. is so easy to get so caught up with. I'm just so busy. I got to do this. I got to mm-hmm. do that. Why do you think that people have to, it is a necessity is it is their responsibility. What does it do for them when they actually take on that and fill up their tanks? Yeah, it gives them um, more energy. It gives them more motivation. It gives them fulfillment. So it basically allows them to, you know, love their life, but also continue to grow and progress. If you are not putting in your life what is important to you, like your values, then you go through these feelings where you hear people go, well, I just feel kind of lost. Mm-hmm. I feel stuck. I feel unmotivated. You know, I'm just not very clear. That's because you don't have a compass of what you should be, you know, leaning towards. Your values are truly that compass. So they're so important because of the way they make you feel, but also because they guide all your decisions. We make decisions in one of two ways. We either use our values Yes, I like family time, so I'm going to spend time with my family, or we make them based upon our feelings. I don't feel like getting out of bed. I don't feel like working out today. So, so when you true. know your values, we use them for that as well. And a lot of that lack of motivation and energy and lack of confidence, things that a lot of people suffer from, come from making decisions on those feelings because they're never in alignment with what's actually important to them. Mm, so a huge piece there. It's a huge piece. And then you realize why they fall into victim mode. Yes, 100%. So it is the very first, it's, it's literally, um, you know, one of the first chapters in the book. It's the first thing I do. Even if I talk to somebody randomly and they're like, where do I get started? What? And I'm like, figure out your values, do this worksheet and know what your values are. And your one assignment every single day is to get those to show up in your life. Just start with that. And then once you get them to show up in your life, then you start to put them into your business, right? You want to make sure. Absolutely. I think that I'm seeing more and more these days that we think we need to create a business for perspective and perception of what's really, you know, what people are going to want. And then we miss that, hey, you're showing up in that business, right? Whether it's eight hours, 10 hours, 14 hours or more every single day. Mm-hmm. It, if, if it's out, if, if you're not bringing your own values into your business, you talk about misalignment. You talk about what you're saying. <laughs> that is an yeah. absolute non-negotiable for me that I have to be so in line. Every piece of anything we put out there has something to do with our core values, which are my core to. values. Exactly. And if, if you don't align those, then that's where people get resistance Mm. where they're wondering like, why am I not taking action? Why am I not doing what I should be doing in my business? There's a good chance you're building your business without your values. Mm. And I also think, and I know you go into this, it's about, you know, when you're not in alignment, it, it takes, it makes you work harder. And Mm -hmm. that's when burnout really starts to surface. How do you tie burnout in with, with core values and and everything about non-negotiables? Yeah, I believe that I like to tell people to look at it like a, your cell phone battery, right? And if 
you get all your values in. And I'm talking like you have like five or six core values. If those come in, your battery's fully recharged and you go about your day, you show up as the best you, you're full of energy, motivation, focus, all of that. If you don't, that battery life drops and drops and drop and you go another day and you didn't really, you know, show up as the way you want to. You didn't really get your family time in. You didn't really get your exercise time in. kind of skipped out on that learning and development, whatever you value, that battery just continues to decrease. And that's all of a sudden when it's empty and it's redlining and it's hard to get out of that spot because you don't have the energy. So it becomes this kind of like, you know, mind game with yourself where you're like, well, I'm too tired to go do these things that I love. And it's like, because you've been starving yourself from them. You have to kind of just go, I know I'm tired, but I know these are going to refuel me. So let's go take some action and get those values in. Uh, So one of the things that I'm hearing more and more with COVID and with um, what has happened to Mm -hmm. the world in the last three years is that people, you know, say, I want family time. I want family time. Family is, you know, one of my top priorities. And now as things are opening up and we're moving back out and we're doing more things, all of a sudden you look at their calendar, you Mm -hmm. look at what they're focused on and they're so busy that there is no family time in there. Or if there is, it's like, you know, they're the the cell phones at the table and they're distracted. Mm So I just read that if you can, even for 30 minutes, focus specifically on your present position with your family, like you're in front of them and you're fully focused, Mm -hmm. it's worth more than three hours. 30 minutes is worth more than three hours of being all over the place if you're fully present. And then when you look at your calendar, and as you're, you know, putting together your journals and everything, one of the things that they say is that when you go back and look at the last week, it will let you know your values mm-hmm. because Absolutely. it will, it, or it will let you know, it'll let you know what you're not doing, which values, you know, because all of a sudden, if you don't have any family time on your right. calendar and you're sitting here, family so important to me, it's a real indicator, right? So your calendar mm-hmm. actually gives you the sense of, and it, likely it will say, Hey, you were doing this. This was important to you. This is one of your values. You have it there. It's like your calendar is going to give you everything you need to know. If you're just mm-hmm. starting out right now, you're either doing a great job yeah. or you need to work on some of these things. So yeah. as you, Data. as you're going into this, you know, burnout and you're feeling like, what can you actually do to get out of that burnout scenario? And like, it's kind of like a spiral, right? It keeps you, keeps sucking you in. It does. And that's that important, you know, mentality of just, I may not feel like it right now, but I have to ignore the feelings and I have to lean into the value. So think about one thing that brings you joy. Even if right now you go, gosh, what's the last thing that really put a smile on my face? It's probably value oriented for you and go do it. Whether it's reading for five minutes, whether it's closing your eyes and relaxing, whether it's getting outside in the sunshine, it's even that smallest amount that starts to recharge your battery and puts you on the right path. So really it's flipping that switch from burnout. You have to go, what would actually bring me joy? May not feel like doing it, 
but I'm going to do it. You can use the Mel Robbins 54321, right? And you just do it. You're going to start to feel that recharge. And that's going to be the confirmation. It's like, oh, this feels good. I need a little bit more of this. Do you believe that there has to be a certain amount of time? Like does five minutes of joy equal four hours of a, of a charging station? Is there anything? You know, I don't, I I wouldn't say there's a certain amount of time because this, there's a phenomenon with it in the sense that one, you're getting something that you like, but from a mentality standpoint alone, you just being able to say, this is what I like. This is what I need. And I'm giving it to myself. Just Mm -hmm. that effort right there starts to rewire your brain for you. So it doesn't have to be an all or none thing. And I tell people all the time, what feels reasonable, two minutes, five minutes, talk about the the moms who have kids and they're like, I wish I could have alone time. I'm like, you can stay in the bathroom a little longer. (laughs) That's what I used to do. Mommy's busy. Uh-huh. Yep. Make it your alone time. Sit in the car before you come inside. You know, you have to though, again, go back to that responsibility and go, if this is what I know fills me up, it's my responsibility to figure out how to get it in. Uh, that is a big one, everyone. It's your responsibility. You have to, and you need to determine, you know, for me, I, I need, I need my time in the morning. Like mm-hmm. that that's a non-negotiable. And I actually have it yes. on my calendar. I need about two hours and mm-hmm. it, it allows me. So if I have a call at eight, then I need to be, you know, up by about five 30. So it gives me a little time to get ready, but I have to have that. I do yeah. not, if I get rushed in the morning. If I can't do my process of, of, you know, really having my own mindset, it, it sets my whole day off on a different mm-hmm. and why because it's not aligned with my value system right it connects me it connects me back to what's really important for me it gives me a chance to evaluate mm-hmm. what i've got coming up and i i love that you said that there was an interesting um i use it often as an analogy and and kind of to to summarize what we're talking about and it's the idea that we have mirror neurons in our head and there's billions of Mm. cells in our head and the mirror neurons when they are when one monkey let's just say is cracking a peanut the other monkey actually gets the same in the brain it lights up just Mm. like the monkey cracking the the nut it's the same so when you think about that and this idea of, and it goes back to like when somebody yawns and then somebody else yawns, right? You're, mm-hmm. It's a reaction. You're seeing it. And sometimes we don't even realize it. I think that when you start to realize that if you can, and you use joy a lot, and I, I love that joie de vie of the joy of life, mm-hmm. when you can incorporate that in those moments and then be able to acknowledge them, smile, right? Mm-hmm. There's cities that say, go into the mirror and smile for 30 seconds. It's the craziest thing, but it's that mirror yeah. neurons. You're giving yourself what you ultimately need. And so you got to figure it out. What, what is it going to be? Is it going to be five minutes? Is it going to be 30 minutes? Is it going to be four times a day? And then mm-hmm. calendar it. And when you do that, how do you think that, you know, I know you talk a lot about rewire your brain, what what about the rewiring process do you think is the most helpful for people when they're really feeling like they're spiraling? 
Yeah, it's it's choosing your thoughts. You know, I like to think of our mind as a filtering system. And most people believe that whatever thought comes into their mind must be because their mind thought it. And we really have to change the way and say that really what comes into my space comes from a lot of different places, past experiences, your environment, um, you know, your circumstances at the time. And so they're not necessarily true. So I say you have a filter. When that thought comes in, it is your, again, responsibility, one of the non-negotiable things to go, does this thought serve me? Do I keep it or do I trash it? Hmm. And when you start to get in control of the thoughts that come into your head, you start to rewire your brain because you're basically saying thoughts just can't take up residency and make me think whatever they want me to think. I'm actually going to be conscious of this and go, I'm not going to believe that. I'm going to get rid of that and I'm going to choose something else. And this is the most powerful practice and process for people to really start getting control of their mind so that they aren't at the mercy of it, you know, and get into that victim mentality. Mm, so there, there is a concept of you're, if you're above the line, you're a victor. If you're below the line, you're a victim and being able to be aware of when you're you're in that victim mode and then mm-hmm. rising above it, right? It's like having power, being powerless victim and have being powerful as the victor. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that you think people can move from being in that victim place to feeling like, all right, I got this. Like things are not holding me down that I can actually, you know, it's not going to hold me back anymore. I can actually create what I want. You know, recognizing what you want, taking action and achieving that little process. And it could be something so simple, like today I'm setting an intention to eat a healthy breakfast. You do that. You recognize it. That right there starts to tell you like, okay, I can decide what I want. I can take action on it and I can accomplish it. And that is empowerment. Now you're showing, you've heard the expression success breeds success. That's what we're doing here. So even as simple as like, I'm putting my shoes on right now, putting my shoes on and I'm going to walk out the front door to get some sunshine. You recognizing that's your intention, taking action on it, accomplishing that starts to feed that system of, okay, we do what we say we're going to do. We are empowered to take that action and we see it through. And that's what we really have to keep doing because over time, and I know everyone can relate to this, is we fall back on our promises all the time. Oh, I'm going to do this and you don't do it. Mm. And it's those repeatable you know, habits again and again, where we don't follow through with what we say that start to make us believe that we're a victim and that you know what we say is never going to happen anyways. What a great way to say that. I completely agree. And I loved your example because it's like that, you know, value of integrity. You mm-hmm. say, you, you say you're going to do something and you do it. And yep. when you don't do it, and you fall down that, you know, hole, all of a sudden it's like, okay, so you've just lost your own internal, you've said you were going to do it. So now inside of you is already saying, well, we just don't, we don't follow through with things. Right. And that creates more of the victim. Like, why didn't this happen to me? And so when, when, as we're, as we're kind of wrapping this up, what do you think that people absolutely today from a coaching perspective 
must have, like they really need, like they, this is the, the key to your coaching success. This is what you do so well. What would you say that is? The values foundational wise. Um, and, and I think we hit the second one, filtering your thoughts, so you control your mind. And you touched on the other one briefly, learn how to be in the present moment. That is such a game changer for people. And I don't mean just the present moment so that you can experience the joy that's in it. But one of the number one things that people kind of set people back and hold people back is fear and worry and anxiety. And none of that exists in the present moment. That is all future oriented thoughts. So that is huge for people. Learn to be right here and right now. Back to that example, when my clearing firm, you know, failed if I kept thinking about tomorrow or next month, I was never going to be here to take action in the present moment. So that is a huge piece for people. Learn to be in the present moment so that you can rid yourself of the stress, the overwhelm, the anxiety, the worry that lives in the future. And, and also the past brings all the guilt, remorse, you know, and regret. So we alleviate those from our life. Gosh, you know, we would become pretty unstoppable and fearless. It is so true. And when you think about the future and worry, right? And I had a mom who was a worry wart. I mean, my God, she worried for everybody. And when I really started to learn what was behind worry, I realized, wow, she is worried about things that haven't even happened, right? Mm -hmm. And they say that like 85% of what you worry about never happens. And the other 15%, so right. 85 to 90%, it's never as bad as you really thought. I mean, the, the percentages go down, go down, go down. And then there's always that, which we discussed earlier. There's always that point where, all right, so you're in the middle of a relaunch. And what was the lesson learned, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. as you said, the financial scandal and what happened in the closing down and rebuilding your business, it allowed you to then really decide, hey, I'm going to go do that. And people need to hear that. People needed to be able to go through because so many people are having these types of situations right now. They need to be able to hear it from you that they can achieve it. They can get through it and yeah. based on their values and based on how they're going to take responsibility. It's just such a it's all around what you had to struggle and go through, but you had such a great concept of just, Hey, one thing each day, just yes. you know, be, you know, take that one thing, find that one thing. What can I do? Mm -hmm. What can I do right now? What, you know, what are these controllables that's so impactful? So Angie, what is next for you? What's coming up? Yes, coming up. Well, I've got the book coming out, The Non-Negotiable You, which is should be out in the next month. So that is exciting. The podcast launches, which is called Sharing Wisdom, also in the next month. So two pretty big pieces for me. And then I'll be starting on that second book, Choose Your Seat, which, you know, is an exciting project as well. I'm impressed that you're already, you are just about to get your book out there and you're already talking about the next one. I, I loved it. I loved that writing process. And, you know, like we talked about it, it was, it was like the Mount Everest, yeah. but I absolutely loved it and felt amazing when I put it all together. So I can't wait to do the next one as well. Well, I'm so excited for you because you have the book, you have the podcast. I mean, it's really giving you a platform and so many different vehicles for you to share 
all of the wisdom that you have to offer people. So super excited for you. And last but not least, a question that I really am interested in is when you think about finances and business for you know women and men out there that are running their business and they're just starting off what is the best way that they can become competent in knowing what they must know as that entrepreneur as they're scaling their business mm. clarity is always the first thing I, I direct people towards because most people don't lean into what they don't understand. So just start with your numbers, get granular about understanding um, what you have, what you want, what operating costs are, just understand everything inside and out. And then I would say, look to other people in your industry and ask them, what's the most important thing I need to know about my finances as an attorney, as a small business owner, as a realtor, whatever it may be, because each industry is different, but it's that clarity. People tend to take that ignorance as bliss approach. So true, isn't it? No good. And no it, good, I promise. And, it, and if people want to actually find you, what's the best place they can go? On Instagram, Angie Wisdom Life Coach. I put a tremendous amount of content out there. Same handle on uh, LinkedIn and YouTube as well. And the website is always great too, which is AngieWisdom.com. AngieWisdom.com. And Angie, if you could have this, you know, the, all the books, everything successful mm -hmm. and allow for people to have the wisdom. What is the, what is your one word this year that you are going for? What is that? Mm -hmm. What's your word? Impact impact and you are making it so as we wrap thank you so much for being here and for having for, me oh god it's been so great and for those that want to find out more you can see in the show notes we are going to continue this journey of relaunches and giving you inspiration and as always live now love now relaunch now and we will see you next week take care You've just heard another episode of the Relaunch Podcast. If something shared in this episode resonated with you, please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others to inspire them to take the small steps that lead to a life full of purpose and possibility. And remember, you can have immediate access to the show notes and any giveaways at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next week, now is your time to relaunch your transition into a transformation.